Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. This is Tea Time. Uh, you are obviously being hosted by myself, Mock Deep, and Dan, as usual. Um, no particularly strong topics to talk about this week. We're going to kind of just have an ad hoc discussion and, and check in, obviously, where things are at. Um, and then we'll see we'll see where the conversation leads us. So I'm going to open the floor to you, Dan. Um, any interesting updates this week? Um, on personal note, nothing... Um really particular that i want to mention this week i'm still carrying on with the diet um obviously i had my bloods last week everything came out positive so mentally i'm feeling very positive as well um no nothing really to note from a personal perspective i think one thing i want to kind of um talk about a little bit today is just the how the hormones how diet affects your hormones as well um mental health as well from obviously from the diet that you're on um so after you've given a quick update i'll go through that yeah, sure. I'm similar to yourself, really. I mean, I'm kind of just following um, the kind of protocol that was given to me in terms of vitamins and stuff. And now I finally got all of that ironed out. I've got one more week, which is uh, it's Wednesday today, right? So today is actually going to be my last ramp up vit D dose. Um, from this point onwards, it'll be to check the bloods in a, in a few weeks and see where we're at, I guess. And now, then we'll start seeing uh, what changes my system goes under um, as a result of this uh, side of things. Um, so that should be interesting to track. Uh, yeah, like yourself, um, I think there's a couple of, there's definitely a couple of things to discuss. Um, and and there's, there's a couple of actually other things I wanted to run past you, you know, uh, that I haven't, we haven't really spoken about yet. So yeah, I mean, you know, feel free to uh, crack on. I think the results will be interesting in the weeks ahead um but but for now let's just get on with it yep so you when when do you next get your bloods done then so um i, I got in touch with uh, the provider that I'm, I'm dealing with and they're going to send me out a pack in i think they've got it they've already got it booked in their system in about six weeks i think yep um which is pretty much spot on from uh where, where i was expecting um and and you know that should be at least an indication of what maybe correcting those imbalances has done to my system and then i've got another one six weeks after that okay great yeah so yeah what i mentioned it previously just um i just want to go about through some personal experiences really so previously i've gone through like periods of quick weight quick weight gain and periods of just eating unhealthy for food for like a week two weeks three weeks um and when i do that i mentally obviously feel a lot worse um now, I've always never really, until we started discussing this morning, I really put two and two together on maybe that may be hormonal as well about how diets may actually tank your hormones. Now, there is a lot online about obviously eating unhealthy foods, unhealthy fats, etc., can affect your hormone levels. Um, but interestingly enough, is the fact that so dieting too heavily as well is one of the major um, things about that kind of lower your hormone levels as well. So, it's something we've not really discussed in the past. I think that, that's a this is like. If, if it's something you want to do is to uh, TRT and you're looking into it, is that it needs to be a life change as well. You can't, TRT isn't a quick fix to feeling better if you're down. There's a lot of things that need to go into it as well pr prior to you doing it and after you're on it as well. I think there's a there's a lot of things you need to stand up and recognise that can affect it and that you can make yourself better in many ways. Yeah, and I, I would also say that, you know, it's it's one of those things where you need to kind of give it your all, right? Like try and yeah. correct it in, in other ways before going down that TRT route because, as you say, it's one of those things where you're going to have to make that kind of lifelong commitment. Yeah, that's it. And I think there is a lot 
to read into people as well about um, how diet can affect your hormones. Because it's not just necessarily um, testosterone and things like that. There's things about your metabolism and reproduction for men and women, immune system, everything. I think there's a lot, a lot to read about. And I think, I think obviously we, it's, it's quite a standard thing, but I think diet's probably one of the main um, issues for a lot of health issues in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like, um, you know, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the the podcast last week, I certainly mentioned it to you in conversation. I was having a discussion with uh, NHS doctor actually, um, and sort of lamenting the state of things and, and the NHS doctor completely disagreed with my perspective, you know, um, I was from my perspective, I was trying to highlight that, you know, there needs to be more effort done to, to kind of adopt more um current thinking and rather than when and rather than this kind of approach of wow this kind of thing works let's just kind of blanket fire it with with everything right um and the reason that i was particularly having this discussion was um again no, another health related issue stems from some of the other things that we're, we're loosely discussing about um my, I, ha I had some blood sugar challenges so what i've been doing uh, is i've been doing intermittent fasting and and the reason to do intermittent fasting was kind of to reset my uh, insulin response so um you know my my blood sugar was ridiculously high apparently they gave me the figure i didn't quite believe it, it seemed, almost seems ridiculous but um i've got another h1ac test booked in which is uh, supposed to measure your blood glucose levels over a three-month period so it'll be interesting to see what that comes back with um, because doing spot checks now um, before uh, i eat now and even after i've eaten um, my insulin levels or should i say that the sort of blood sugar levels are well within normal uh, limits and the doctor seemed very surprised by this when i was having the discussion with him um and it just shows you that sometimes you know taking corrective matter the, the body is adaptable you know that the body can do things if we give it the opportunity but i have to admit with you guys like i had to be pretty strict on myself and it's taken six months to really get it to where it, it, it's now comfortably within these normal uh limits right so now i can have sugar on occasion and it doesn't cause the same sorts of issues i was seeing before and this right from my perspective really feeds into what Dan's saying about you know that wider view of like what are you doing in your life you know what can you change as opposed to just adding and taking more and more things because the last thing you want oh, i say this i say this with the irony not lost on me that i currently am in this situation is um, a medicine cabinet full of like additional things you need to take right the goal is to kind of get what you need from the food we eat and with certain stuff i.e living in the uk um it's now i think a sort of recommendation correct me if i'm wrong dan that d3 supplement should be taken by everyone right um and there's a lot of things online as well. And even I know a physician um, who's even put an Instagram post out more about D3, about being the closest thing we've got to for, for coronavirus, for example. It's the, one of the things that can actually help. Um, high D3 levels can actually um, help with coronavirus and actually catching it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, D3 is something. And, and, it, and from the last stats that we've seen, it was like 65% of people in the UK are actually deficient in it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and this is my point, Gone. Yeah, and I mean, the cost of it, you know, the ones that you're on are obviously quite high, but to get a standard dose, the cost of it, you can get a year's worth for less than £15. It's like the cost of the uh, vitamin D is very low. Yeah, absolutely. But it is one of these things where, again, it perplexes me a little bit because, again, with the three intermuscular injections would be better. They, there are research studies out there that show that the effect of it lasts longer uh, versus these kind of ramp up tablets that they're giving and i suspect the reason they're giving us the tablets is because 
uh, perhaps the injections are too costly. But if they're more effective, I wonder if that kind of cost evaluation has been done, you know, uh, in terms of how long they last. And I'm guessing it kind of depends on how deficient you are. Obviously, you were quite, I think, uh, when I first had mine done about four or five years ago, I was only like 5% under. Um, and I literally started taking, I think it's 5,000 IU a day yeah. for a month. And then I was uh, 25% over uh, every other blood test since and still now. That's so I think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think you're right. It's probably more effective, but I think it does depend on the discrepancy of what your results are. I'm just thinking, you know, like, like I'm, you know, I'm currently sat there and I've got this medicine cabinet full of all these vitamins that I'm taking. Now, obviously, I'm doing that to address a wide array of imbalances. But the truth is, is even when those are addressed, right, and I come in within normal levels, what it tells me is that, you know, where I'm at right now was after years of like systemic, um, arguably malnutrition. Now, I'll be honest with you guys. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty unhealthy right now, but there have been times where I've been extremely, extremely on my nutrition to ridiculous levels um but it makes me wonder whether uh, that was even enough and you know it's, it's one of these things where i'm going to reflect on and luckily going forward i plan on getting as much information as i can to, to really prove whether this is the case or not um but yeah i mean i, I don't want to wow well, i say that you know but it's like if you could have a shot every sort of you know maybe four times a year i'd much prefer that than tablets every day do you know what i mean 100 yeah um and that's the thing, like you mentioned, if you, we, we took all the vitamins that were actually took, that were told we should be taking every day, you'd be you'd be taking things four or five times a day throughout the day. And you, like you even said, some of the tablets you've been taking, how big they are. Can you imagine what you'd have to take every day if you were stuck by what the guidelines are? Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's where the challenges lie, right, is, is kind of in those you know make it making those kind of decisions as to where we're going to draw the line and hopefully it will maybe spur on something from the pharmaceutical industry to to really innovate in this sector or make uh make things that are more cost effective i mean like you know here in the uk b12 injections are a fairly commonplace procedure i wonder if such an approach could be taken with some of the other uh vitamins that aren't necessarily you know getting that attention at the moment Hundred percent, and these are things again that we've mentioned in the past. That if you ever go for a blood test or anything like that, these are things that they don't test for, and things that can probably and, and you may find it very soon is something that could have majorly affect your health that you could easily fix. Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting. I mean, I've been having a discussion not only with uh, a few other people, and I can't remember whether I mentioned it on last week's episode or not. But I was actually talking to my hairdresser. She's um, been suffering from some, you know, uh, odd symptoms, and we kind of discussed a, a couple of approaches. I obviously spoke to what I, about what I was doing and in, in trying to make sure that um, I didn't have any more kind of um, mental health challenges going forward, and, and and what I'd found in in this sort of emerging space of you know, the, the hormone system in relation to producing, you know, useful things like serotonin and things. What else also came up as part of that was, I don't know whether you heard about it. This is not a plug, obviously. In fact, I won't mention the provider's name. Um, one of the current emerging trends, I don't know whether you've seen them advertised or not, is a lot of these kind of food intolerance places. They're going to, you know, you, you send a sample of your hair, they run a battery of tests against the hair sample, and then they say, hey, you're actually got, you, you're, you know, you've got issues with these types of foods, avoid them they're everywhere at the moment aren't they they are they are however there is something to be said for it um funnily enough uh, a, a relative um his wife uh has had quite a severe it's a, like a mineral 
it's like a mineral allergy or something which causes her skin to have like very severe dryness almost like eczema level even beyond that to some extent you know um they ran a battery of tests i don't think they use the same methodology they're using here in the uk uh but they ran some tests on her found out what foods she should avoid and to be honest with you um she's not 100 percent strict about it but even given the fact that she's lapsing here and there the fact that most of the time she's having the sort of correct behaviors in terms of eating has dramatically changed her quality of life she doesn't suffer from that dryness of skin anymore at all yeah so i actually used one a couple of years ago um and it gave me something that i was allergic to which made sense and it's actually beetroot um every time i had it i was ill but I never put me up two and two together um until i did that test and it came up with it but it did, the thing is with that test it came up with a few other uh vegetables on it as well which i have regular and have no issues whatsoever so i do think there's a bit of hit and miss on it mm. um but yeah it did actually come up with something beetroot um which i am actually allergic to is it but i think i think like yeah i think but not to the not to the extent that your some of your family is i mean now it's just it just gave me a bad stomach it made me feel a bit sick etc cetera, etc cetera. but um it was just something that i never stay away from yeah exactly and it's worth picking those things up right you know it's it's not to say that you're you, you know your body maybe couldn't adapt or something but you know it, it's one of these things where it gave you a ballpark in which to kind of explore what to avoid and, and how to feel and it's like you know you've got to kind of go through that process and i don't know how much the uh, quality of the detection has improved in that space but it would certainly be interesting to see what happens yeah and i mean you can get these tests on now they're on um groupon and things like that for the by providers for like 30 for what pounds so it's something that's definitely worth doing i think the only challenge there is is you know what's the quality of the test you're getting from yeah so you yeah you can so usually what i think that's what i did it through you know i think it was it goes through to to a provider um where they then do it's not actually a group on that do it i mean you can just review you can look check reviews for the providers etc um and i think there is there's different levels so there is the her one there's a her and blood one as well Right. Um, the interesting thing is, though, is the NHS don't do any food intolerance tests. Because mm, mm. that prior to doing it, I asked, and they said, no, we don't do them because they're not 100% accurate. They're not accurate. Those are the exact words. Um, I know they do do allergy tests when they do those things on your back, when they can actually inject you with things and make marks with different chemicals, et cetera, to see what you're allergic to. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they don't actually do food intolerance tests. They literally told me that when I did the only way of doing it is literally testing yourself, literally having the food and see if you react to it. Interesting, isn't it? You know, um, again, it's it's. I, I understand maybe that the, uh, you know, accuracy of these things may come into question, but if they can at least highlight an area which is worth further exploration, I think there's still merit in it, especially if you can get it. And it's one of these things that when it gets attention and, and, and maybe is a, an area of focus and people realize there's money to be made in that space, I think you will see improvements there, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, I think we we know now just by being online and seeing the adverts like you've seen this is that these types of services are evolving massively and it's becoming at the forefront of health and fitness is going at the forefront of people's minds more and more every day now um so i think all these kind of services um are great and like even like we run about and i'll, I'll just say a name not plugging it especially but like medichex for example five six years ago you you wanted a blood test you never looked online for it whereas now you can go online and find different other people like like Medichecks that will do blood tests and send you a kit through the post and you're done within two, three days. Um, if you go in private, it's usually about half the cost, et cetera, et cetera. You can see how quickly the actual space is evolving. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that that is a, a testament to the fact that perhaps, you know, um, our medical services aren't doing what they can do. Now, that's not, again, it's not a slight on any frontline staff or operational staff. I think it's more of a slight against uh, the policy makers and, and people who are responsible for leading these, um, you know, trusts here in the UK, for example, uh, you know. There's definitely some oddities. There's definitely some questionable behaviors going on right now. And it's real, a real shame that, you know, um, people talk about wanting to lead the health service into the next kind of generation or make it world class. But the truth is, is, you know, they, they're not prepared to really make those the necessary changes. Yeah. And I think like I'm, I'm all for the NHS in general, but I do think that it we hold back on certain probably certain medications and certain things that like for example the us have much far more advanced in many respects and that's no doubt due to the privatization and the, the, the money that they charge which obviously it swings in roundabouts but i think the the nhs needs to have that balance i i think so I, but i also think that you know again the us system has its flaws as well you know in terms of there's there's, there's always uh at every level of the process someone's making money you know 100 percent but then you, the, gone you get carry on you, you prescribe things way too easily um, and that's kind of from what you've been reading online, people have sport to the clinic hour at that was apparent is that you, when you go in and you have a blood test and they say this, say that they're there to make a sale. They are salespeople. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, but whereas on the flip side, you know, we throw money at our NHS and arguably we're not getting the, 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 the best value out of it, you know? And again, you know, not a dig at frontline staff, more a dig at management and policy creators there. Um, you know, because I'm a I'm a hundred percent a believer in in social healthcare, nationalised healthcare, whatever you want to refer to it as. So, interestingly enough, um, there are maybe a couple of other things which um, I'm just double checking my notes. Uh, one other thing, I suppose I forgot to mention at the the beginning of the uh, podcast, real quick, is also as a result of a combination of my training and my kind of corrective vitamin profile my sleep has gotten better which i think is a positive sign then yeah yeah so so what's happening is now uh i might get say like uh let's say five hours optimistically yeah yeah um that's now like seven or eight pretty comfortably yeah um and and it, it, that that has been a huge improvement again in terms of like mood and well-being um i was just double checking my my log that I keep, um, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. Uh, Go to again, keep, keep seeing how that pans out for me. Uh, but what, one of the things I want to do is um, come off of intermittent fasting, not because of the, obviously it's done the, the sort of corrective things that I needed to do. Um, but in order for me to really push ahead with the workouts and trying to uh, up my testosterone levels naturally, um, I kind of want to adjust how I'm eating. And at the moment I'm having to adhere to those sort of strict eating windows. Yeah, so so people feel differently about it, don't they? I'm exactly the same as you. When I would do intermittent fasting, I didn't feel like trading at all. Um, and it did affect my trading, whereas when I just eat normally, um, yeah, I trade much better. So from that perspective, I'm in agreement with you is that that's the way I'd rather do it as well. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not to say, I suppose, that the, the, the challenge for me is this, really, to be honest with you, is like on intermittent fasting, if the, the general thinking is um, train before you break your fast, yeah? And when you break your fast, you know, um get get some good nutrients in right 
and that's been working for me like i don't feel particularly fatigued when i'm training fasted and i'm lifting pretty heavy weights um however uh you know what i've noticed is is the day after that's a killer yeah so like you know i trained very hard yesterday and um this morning i was so hungry i I seriously i could just eat if i wanted to you know um and and it's those kind of moments which are tough because all you can rely on at that point is coffee and water and and yeah that helps but it doesn't quite fix things you know especially if you were training again the day after or something you need that in you don't you yeah i i I question whether i like today is like one of my designated rest days right but i I question if i was to train exactly what kind of performance i'd put in whether i'd even just phone it in or something Um, yeah you know but yeah just because you're just feeling so hungry um but anyway it's it's, it's just interesting interesting uh things to kind of note and, and observe as we're we're cracking on really um i'm just trying to think is there anything else no i mean to be honest with you obviously we're we may drop to like once every two weeks now i think yeah. Um, but I think the good thing is, is that obviously we've not got a massive amount of listeners now is that when we do get people in future and um, in six weeks, we have more of both our results. We should have more results for both of us in about six weeks, I think. Um, we're going to have a, a few podcasts for people to listen to the full story in one go, uh, which I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which i mean uh i think we we missed last week's episode right we, we didn't get around to recording that correct? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah so, so apologies for that like life happens unfortunately and, and that's exactly what happened however what we'll try to do like dan said is we'll try and get one in at least every couple of weeks and even if they're not particularly lengthy or you know large updates but i think what you're going to see towards the run up to christmas is some good information coming back towards you guys in terms of what's happened with our systems what's happened happening with our bodies and and you know we can probably um like gather that data in a spreadsheet and find a way to share that with you guys so you guys can have a, a peek at the data itself and and you know make your own observations as well um we all we can do is tell you what we what we are and what we aren't doing um and then you know uh let you guys kind of observe the information um i'm just trying to think really uh I think, I think honestly, uh, unless you've got anything else you particularly want to uh, explore, I think it's probably worth leaving it there. Did, did you say something, Dan? I missed it. Yeah, that's it for me. Yeah, okay. In which case then, folks, we're going to leave you to it. Um, you know, uh, expect to hear from us again, maybe in two to three weeks. Again, assuming that nothing happens in real life. Um, and until next time, guys, take it easy.